on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, your host and guide, and today I'm joined, as always, by three of my friends as we recap, rewatch, and react to Legacy Survivor content in this deep, deep drought that we're in right now. You know, in a COVID-less world, we would be you know, watching a brand new season of Survivor, but that's not the world we're living in, folks. So thanks for listening to Outwatch, where you can get your Survivor fix while, you know, there's not new Survivor out there. Hopefully there will be again someday. I'm hopeful that there will be. But in the meantime, we've got 40 seasons of, you know, some (laughs) great television, other less great television that we can uh, reminisce upon. So, that being said, we are here in the fourth season of Outwatch, which covers the 33rd season of Survivor, titled Millennials vs. Gen X, and we are nearing the conclusion of our run. This is the penultimate episode of this season of Survivor, titled Slayed the Survivor Dragon, and hopefully by the end of this podcast, we will have slayed the podcasting dragon as well. Uh, but before we get into the details of this episode, it's about time you meet my co-hosts. Uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here, Alex. That's so great to hear. Um, one of the things that has happened this season is we have experienced a number of the players coining new survivor terms. We have Hannah with the trust cluster, for instance. Um, and this episode is another example of that where will uh coins his pendulum strategy where he intends to bounce back and forth between different alliances and taking out the big threats on either side hopefully not being eliminated in the process spoiler alert it doesn't work but he came up with a good name for it and that's all (laughs) you have to do to get a good head like tv spot so adam uh now is your chance in the vein of trust clusters and pendulum strategies to add a new entry into the survivor lexicon. Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about Tony Vlachos's strategy and I think I'd call it the black hole because people get sucked in and they can't escape it and then they get spit out and they have no idea where they are. <laughs> okay. It, it, extrapolate on this. In what way is Tony like this- a black hole? The whole thing that we kept talking about during that season was like people were like, you know, I don't know that I trust him. And Tony would like flip on people totally randomly, but everyone would like stay committed to him for some reason. Yeah. Like no one escaped his gravitational pull. That's all I'm saying. I bet the gravitational pull sounded a lot like this. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe like this. It only sounded like that if you were in the direction of the black hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's that sound? (laughs) It's a black hole. You're voted out. That's how it goes. Oh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Would you like to add your own entry into the Survivor Dictionary? Sure. So one thing that I tend to say every time it happens, I have decided this is the thing I point out is what you've heard me say on this podcast. Um, whenever someone gets a big ego and they think they're running the game, they're out. It just always happens. Mm-hmm. 
And so I would call that Lego my ego. <laughs> we see it happen to Will in this episode, actually. That's I think great. almost an exact quote from him is like, I'm running the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, know you're not. I'm sorry, bud. That is. Lego I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how anybody who's watched this show would ever even say those words in a confessional for that yeah. reason. It never is good. Right. <laughs> All you're it's doing. Not. You're just asking, you know, the editors to make you look like an idiot. Yeah, mm. stealing your fate. Yeah. Lego, Lego, my ego. Lego, my ego. Far away enough so that we don't have, like, trademark issues. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. Right. Nope. Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Thanks for having me. For sure. Scott, now it's your turn. What would you, uh, you know, here you are. You've got the confessional producers like... Yeah, you know what's uh, what's your strategy right now? And you're like, here's my moment. What do you say? Okay, um, I'm gonna go with the like the call it the guerrilla warfare strategy. Mm. So like, <laughs> so like, don't really play that hard, or at least don't make it seem like I'm playing that hard. And then out of nowhere, I rise up and I vote everyone out, and then I win. <laughs> Interesting. And I never see it coming. <laughs> More like llama warfare. Absolutely. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, thank you, all three of you, for adding these wonderful additions to the Survivor Knowledge Bank. Pretty soon you'll have podcasters debating on what came first. The um, I've already forgotten. Here. The Lego egos or the black hole strategies. Um, we've really done a work today. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, world. <laughs> Gandhi said be the change, so. That's right up there with renaming Figtails as some of the most important work this podcast yeah. is doing. Yeah. We're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you say we get things started with recapping this episode then by taking a trip down to Tree Mail and recapping the goings-on of this episode? Yes, please. Okay. So, as I said, this is the 12th episode of the season titled Slade the Survivor Dragon, the last one before the finale. We start things off with Will, after having his big comeuppance last episode, revealing, as we've alluded to, what he's calling his pendulum strategy, where he intends to bounce back and forth, i.e. a pendulum, between the two major alliances and trying to knock out the power players of each one, uh, leaving him and the quote-unquote goats at the end. We'll see how that works for him. Later, Brett and Sunday make a deal with Adam to vote out the remaining big threats, who they pen as Jay and Dave. At the first immunity, because this is a double episode, we've got some disc games, which Jay wins rather handily, making him immune at this tribal. Will, back at camp, gets a taste of the power after last episode and starts really dictating the vote to David, which, as we've alluded to, doesn't usually go great. And then Adam starts doing some work and swings the target onto Will instead. Brett and Sunday are on board. Hannah is less so, and so we're heading into tribal. Not really sure if this is going to work or not. But ends up that it does go through. Will is voted out six votes to two. The only other person who does not vote for Will is Jay. And Will is sent packing. Um, 
Actually, let's go ahead and stop things there, like we did with the other double episode. We'll talk about this half of things, and then we will recap the back half of the episode and talk about that. Sound good? Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Uh, this is definitely kind of like the, it's obviously the first half, but it kind of serves as a setup to the back half where a lot of the intensity really happens. Um, but, you know, this part should get its due to Emily with the elimination of Will. You lose only the third member of your tribe to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but would, would you care to eulogize Will's game for us? Uh, sure. I think, honestly, I don't think Will did such a bad job. I think he was a strong player. He had some good alliances. I think that he tried to make some moves when those alliances fizzled. Uh, first he laid low, which was probably a good thing. And then he tried to make some bold moves and I commend that, but unfortunately, Lego my ego. (laughs) Uh, I think he was a really strong player i think he was very smart i think he just got too into it you know yeah i don't know that's not descriptive but like i just think that he maybe overthought it or just tried a little too hard i i just bet will like got out of the game and was like oh man like i should have done this i should have done like i feel like he definitely could have had those thoughts after he left but he tried something big you can't win if you're just gonna be a yes man the whole time yeah so stars for that will thanks for hanging on so long (laughs) definitely outlasted chris uh who you famously traded for will yes uh will netted you a total of 125 points this season to a meager 100 for chris so and good trade emily Uh (laughs) aha yeah i think that like you definitely get the sense that will really knows and cares about the game right based on his like in confessional he does a lot of like alluding to former players um he didn't want to be dragged as a goat and i think that i think that survivor is a very hard game and i think it's especially hard for anyone under the age of say 24 (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know and will being literally like the youngest person to ever play probably didn't do him many favors that you can definitely you talked about this but see here towards the end he starts to like lose patience uh and like really go for it in a way that was very overt and definitely raised people's awareness of him and ultimately got him voted out mm-hmm. yeah he really he just made himself so known because he had like there there was a, an extremely obvious target in david yeah And even if you want to, like, make a big move and flip it on Jay or Adam, like, you have people that you can target covertly. But he was just so, like, I got to make big moves. So this is what's happening. Like, it was he was just so overt about his strategy. I actually didn't write it down. Do you remember who Will was trying to vote out there in this? I think it was David. Was it David? Yeah, that's why. What's the title of this episode? Slayed the Survivor Dragon. I think that's why, is because he wanted to get rid of him. Because I think, like, Hannah had an issue in this. I think it was in the first. Yeah. I think Hannah had an issue in the first half because Will flipped and voted off Zeke. And so Hannah was kind of like, I don't know if I want to betray Will because, like, he voted with us. Sure. 
you know, but on the other side was David. So yeah. And Jay has an immunity idol, so it's risky to like put all your eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Jay was also he won Im- individual immunity, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Will is like a, a pretty understated character for most of the season until these last couple episodes where he comes on really strong. I don't know, or you can say this with any you know season or storylines like how real was that on the island versus how much was it just our edit but um yeah you get the sense that he he feels the the impending end of the game like flips it all the way to a hundred and everyone's like whoa (laughs) chill out (laughs) okay never mind Uh, and they they cut him there maybe a more gradual acceleration would have served him better yeah uh, what about the first half of this episode really um, stuck out to you? Again, there's less going on here in the first half than the second half where things really get entertaining, um, but still stuff to dissect here in this front half. Was there anything um, that was especially noteworthy? Scott, you got anything? Hel- hello? Good. Scott. Hello. Are you on the co- okay? Good. Scott's Hello. on the call, folks. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Um, yeah. So besides the will thing, because um, that was kind of like the big thing I took away was like will kind of like like we said, kind of going zero to a hundred. Um, but besides that, like I think Jay kind of like winning immunity and kind of like becoming a real like legitimate threat was a big big thing yeah um he wins immunity and then he's got an immunity like a an idol that he could potentially use to propel himself further into the game if unchecked uh and like he doesn't really have much of an alliance outside will at this point in the game right but um potentially he could make some noise if we're just going off the first half of this um, episode so that was kind of the other big thing for me yeah that's a good point and something that's worth bringing up is like a few episodes ago we talked about this right of like jay after taylor being voted out was kind of in this spot where it was like all right well jay yeah he's a threat but he has no one we can get rid of him whenever and that line of thinking has allowed him to advance you know all the way to the finale here um yeah adam what do you make of jay's position in the game at this point do you uh, do you think it was a mistake for the others to leave him in the game, or is he still a, a sitting duck? Um, I don't know. This that's Jay's a w- interesting character because I think that he is a big threat if he gets to the final. But at the same time, it's always been like it's always been hard to vote him out, and there have been big threats that have gone out instead of him too so i don't feel like it's i i don't feel like by keeping in the game they've been like wasting getting rid of people uh up until this point in particular but i i also think that jay is especially now that well not now now but in the next tribal will use his immunity idol he'll be in a particularly vulnerable position for the last few tribals um i yeah I don't know. This has this season has so many strong players. Mm-hmm. 
that I think it is it, like Zeke and David were really like next tier as far as this season goes. Yeah. And like Jay's good. Like Jay's a good player. I think so is Adam. I think Will had a decent idea of what was happening. Hannah definitely has a grasp on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I, th- I think like everyone is just kind of generally a good player. I think Brett and Sunday are kind of the weakest, although we do see Brett start to kind of make some moves at the beginning of this episode because mm-hmm. he him and sunday try to align with jay and they want jay to get like ken and hannah on their side so i don't know i i think it's weird to like specifically call out jay in this moment because i i think as as bad as adam has played this game i still think that if he makes it to the final he has about as good a shot as anybody to actually like win it so yeah. Yeah, I that that's why it's hard for me to say like definitively Jay should be gone right now because everyone is a threat. So. Yeah, yeah. That before we started recording, we talked about this, but at this point, like especially after Will and Sunday are eliminated this episode, there's like really no one left in the game that is a clear goat, right? Like everybody has a compelling chance, it seems, to win, which is I think what makes part of what why this season is really good. It's worth, I think that Jay is, and this like ties into this too, but I think it's interesting that um, when uh, Brett and Sunday, you know, like make a deal with Adam to quote unquote vote out the remaining big threats, those people are Jay and Dave. Um, and I, I that was a question I was going to ask, right, is if, if this is an accurate assessment of who the threats are that remain being Jay and, and David. Um, and I, Jay I think, has a lot of friends on the... Yeah, on Jay's the a really interesting case. He does. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that it comes down to for Jay is, like, that's why he's the bigger threat is because he has so many friends on the jury. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, very likable, right? You get the sense that like people like Jay. He is a threat in the physical sense. He's obviously won a number of immunities. He's got the look of a physical threat. Um, and again, he's like likable. He knows the game. You can also point to um, the statistic that uh, after this vote, Jay post merge has actually only voted correctly once. <laughs> so yeah. he, he like is never on the right side of the vote. He's just such such an interesting character, right? Like there's these things that seem to be like in opposition to each other that you know are true of him. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think like even like for him, like he has basically coasted for the last like three or four episodes with just will and like mm-hmm. the fact that he's still here is yeah, I don't know. yeah. I think that's a very strong argument i think to make like that you have nobody yet you still somehow make it to the final like mm-hmm. it's like i don't know like you like we said like everybody's a threat at this point it's just i don't know it's scary to think like you could like if he's that big of a threat you could have got him out you didn't and right here he is so yeah there's something that has that trips me up every time. I understand what people are saying when they talk about a goat and dragging him to the final, 
but in like every other sports world I've been involved in, GOAT stands for greatest of all time. And that's the confusing thing to say. So. Yeah, that's why I thought we yeah. were talking about at first. And then you were like, dragging some goats. And I was like, oh, that's not okay. That's different. Yeah, because yeah. Will said it too. And I was like, I don't understand what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. We've got, yeah, a slang term that means two different things. And they're effectively the opposite things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like we were saying like, you don't want to go to the final as like a LeBron. Yeah. Right. He's the, <laughs> wow, okay. Scott, you're going to start that argument now? I'm not going <laughs> to start that. Not on this, not on this podcast. Is Scott's LeBron? Fit in the argument. <laughs> All right. Today on, uh, what's that? Sh- what's the um, first take? On first take, is LeBron the goat or is LeBron a goat? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to talk about here, this was kind of like um, a theme of the first half of, the, of this episode. Uh, Will and Brett talk about this at the beginning of the episode, and then it comes through really heavy in Tribal Council too. is there's kind of like these two philosophies with which you can play Survivor and like having your runway to win, right? One is what Will is doing right now, and that is the, okay, in order to win, you have to make big moves, and you, if you make it to the end without having done the things that give you a resume, you're just going to get there, and you're not going to win. Versus Brett's philosophy, which he talks about, which is like, hey, I just need to get to the end, and if I get to the end, then I've got a chance. And if, you know, I haven't done enough, then it's okay, you know, not it's okay, right? But at least I, like, made it to the end and I gave myself a shot. Um, And I could do a lot right now, but that'll put a target on my back and I'll get voted out. Um, And that's kind of the same thing that Jeff really talks about at Tribal. You play too small and you lose at the end. You play too big and you get voted out before you get in the end, right? Um, I wanted to talk about that idea and those kind of, like, competing philosophies and maybe like with the survivor that we've watched, how you've seen either a, or both of those um, play out one way or the other. Um, Emily, do you have any thoughts on this kind of survivor philosophical discussion happening this episode? Um, so I'm thinking of like, previous seasons that we've watched of Mm -hmm. people who've kind of been like sleepers, but ultimately successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's her name? She won the last one. You're talking about uh, who wants survivor Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna. 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 Um, I feel like she could be in that kind of in that category. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if she, I mean correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if she ever made any like big moves, like started some stuff, right? Right. Yeah, I think that most people would consider her in that category as like the sleeper, make it to the end, do enough to win, not like be big moves person on the way there. Yeah. I don't. I guess as I'm thinking about it, so like that was successful for Jenna. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't entirely know. And then I think about people like Zeke, and he's just killing the game. But then he's voted out because he just had too much power. So, like, how do you, if you take that strategy, you have to be very careful about it. You don't want to be seen as someone to get out of the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
I don't know. Like they're both very, I don't have an answer for you. I just think it's very tricky. I think this is like, this is what really makes survivor like a social game though, Mm -hmm. is because there's not a strategy that will get you to the end of survivor. It's completely dependent on who you're playing with. Yeah. It's completely dependent on the environment that you're in and who you are and who's around you and what's happening. And cause, cause if we dropped, like we, we love the game that Tony Vlachos played, even though it was crazy. Yeah. But if we drop Tony in the middle of Gen X versus millennials, like yeah. how far do we honestly think he would have made it? I don't it? think he would have <laughs> He would have made it this far. Yeah. So it, it is such an interesting, like depending on the people that you're surrounded by, like in this case, because everyone is so strong, I don't think you can just make it to the final. And then show up and be like, look, I made it here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I voted correctly. I, you know, was aligned with the right people. I don't think that's enough in this, in this game, millennials versus Gen X. Alex, do you think there's like a trend of like in older seasons, was it easier to be a sleeper and win? And then now with the newer ones, now that everyone's like really knowledgeable about strategy, you have to be a bolder player. That's a really good question. Um, I'm thinking of like the most recent winners and I really do think maybe this may be like, there's probably trends in different eras of survivor. Right. But I think that you get both Mm -hmm. even now, right? Like there's certainly recent winners who play, yeah, like big games with like idols and, you know, advantages and immunity wins and antics. Right. And then there's also other people who like yeah they just kind of are likable and playing a good social game and doing the right thing throughout the whole game but don't really have any big like signature moments right Mm -hmm. and just like get to the end with the right people i think if anything and this is just like spitballing right i think that in this kind of like where kageyan was into millennials versus gen x like late 20s early 30s is kind of like maybe like late 20s into mid 30s is the peak of kind of like big moves survivor right where you've got like tony and people emulating tony etc and you've got more of like a highlight on that and then it probably swings in the other direction maybe even like, like a pen exactly <laughs> like a will wall pendulum <laughs> where yeah and we're seeing this this episode or this season too right maybe this is where the conversation kind of comes to a head of like okay you can do that but because you're doing that you're a threat to win and so we're not going to let you get to the end and that like Mm -hmm. makes you too big of a target right so i don't know i think that the short answer is that they're at least recently i don't think that it's heavily one way or the other i think that if there is a trend in most recent seasons of survivor it's um the importance of turning it on at the right time like and i think that that the right time quote unquote is can maybe like trending later in the game so that what you want to do is do all your big moves at like final seven on (laughs) you know so that people have the taste in their mouth of you doing like crazy things, but you haven't painted a huge target on your back before then, you know? Right. Mm. 
So I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that's part of, like you said this too, Adam, but what makes Survivor so interesting is that there's not, like, it's not the person who wins the most immunities or who finds the most idols that wins, right? It can be, like, the person who, yeah, like, gets people to like them and never makes themselves out to be a huge target and then maneuvers such that they sit next to people that people don't like at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And that person also wins a million dollars. any other thoughts on this dichotomy of philosophies here what kind of game would you play alex i've said this before in this season but i really think that i would play a lot like zeke in that it's like really like subtle strategy in this, it's, it's strategy without, like, the flash, right? But, of course, his, like, downfall is that people recognize it. And that would, like, mm-hmm. probably be mine, too. I, I, I don't know. I would, like, I say that I would, like, be patient and flexible, but I know myself and I would get, like, <laughs> antsy and impatient and <laughs> do too much. Or I would just, like... Uh, like throw the challenges unintentionally so hard that people are like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. Uh, you know, to the listeners of this podcast who know Survivor, I, I think I do have the potential to pull a Jacob Derwin as much as I hate to say it. That's something you a reference we all maybe. understand. A reference between yeah. Alex and the hardcore listeners, <laughs> but not the other hosts. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, the the one other thing I wanted to point out is that we have another occurrence of the hammock symbol. You guys remember us talking about this before? It's Do similar I? to it's similar to the like I'm in control confessional. When you see a player oh. laying in a hammock telling someone what to do that's bad news for them they've gone power hungry and will will is indeed laying in the hammock this episode Mm. (laughs) keep an eye out i don't know if we've talked about that that's super or if we have i forgot that's really interesting i I don't know if it's tongue-in-cheek or not but it definitely feels like it happens a lot yeah it's like oh, i'm just sitting here reclining in my hammock oh i'm fine you do this and then they're voted out <laughs> Adam, as a psychology major, can you talk about the psychology of being in a hammock? <laughs> also, and as somebody as who's slept in a hammock as a bed for years. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're comfy, so it's probably it probably honestly comes from some place of like we want to be casual. Yeah. Like the the when people come back from the immunity challenge, there's always like you know. I'm going to go get water. David, you want to come get water with me? (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're going to go get water. They're not talking strategy. Um, I'm sure that the hammock is just something where, like, I'm sure it it gets edited in a way where it looks much more sinister. Um, But it probably comes from a place of, like, oh, we're just, like, taking a beat and chatting and... (laughs) So it's not gonna. It doesn't look like we're talking strategy because we're not going to get water. We're hanging around camp, of course. <laughs> Just hammocking. Yeah, it's got yeah, like real like 
I'm fine. I'll just lay in this hammock. Yeah. I've got no care in the world. Yeah, yeah. Or it's that hammocks are so comfortable and relaxing that you let your guard down. Could be. Which came first? The yeah. hammock or the ego? You know, you got to ego your ego. That's yeah. I'm a survivor question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to the second half of this episode after a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, welcome back. Uh, now it's time for a quick second rundown to Tree Mail in this double episode to uh, break down the second half of this episode. Are you ready? Yes. yes. Come join me down to Tree Mail. For immunity challenge, we've got a pinball puzzle. This is a really interesting design where they've got to solve a puzzle. Meanwhile, they've got some ball t- uh, falling down a thing behind them, and they've got to turn around and grab it. Otherwise, they have to wait, and they can't keep working on the puzzle. Cool challenge design. Ken wins this. Uh, credit and assist to Adam, though, who helps him out um, once it becomes clear that he is not going to contend. And then after the challenge, we've got some very complex and interesting strategy talk, which we will talk through in detail to come. It's not worth me trying to break it out right now, but just know that it's very interesting and will make for great discussion. Uh, And then back at camp, uh, one of the most heartwarming um, and emotional moments of the season, um, Adam and Jay are having a conversation, Adam basically tells Jay that he's forcing him to play his idol. And then Jay instead says, like, no, man, let's go to the end together. And pitches this um, idea to Adam. And then Adam, uh, for the first time that um, we're shown, tells Jay about the situation with his mom back home, um, which is emotionally affects both of them, of course, Jay's talked about how important playing for his family is as well. Um, and this creates, yeah, this really nice, um, I don't know, not conclusion to this relationship, but evolution of this relationship where they're rivals and um, it comes to this place of mutual respect and appreciation. Really, really great, heartwarming scene. Um, at Tribal Council, Jay plays his idol, um, but only cancels out one vote, um, did not need to play it, and instead Sunday is felled by this vote by a count of four to two. All the votes come her way, except for the one, of course, that she put on Jay, and then um, two votes for David come from Jay and Brett. And that's the end of this episode, which sends us straight in to the finale next week. And we're down to a final six. Before we get into the details of this episode, we say goodbye to Sunday, uh, the second consecutive player eliminated from the Avocado No Toast tribe, Emily. Uh, Would you care to give us your take on Sunday's demise and her game to this point? Sure. Uh, disappointed that two of my players left in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, avocado toast. But I think Sunday was a very genuine player. I don't think we saw a ton 
from her, mm-hmm. but she made it very far and she was very loyal to her alliance. Yeah. And I think that she, she had opportunities to make bold moves and some of those she backed out on. I think she was gearing up to make more bold moves. Uh, I think it would have been interesting to see if she had acted on those had she stayed in the game a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like people really liked Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think she was just like a really nice person to have around. Um, no complaints. I just, I think in this, like we were talking about in this season, you just have to be a lot bolder to make it to the end because mm-hmm. there's just so many strong players. And unfortunately, I don't think she was quite in that category. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you mentioned this, but like, what it's kind of characterized by is some like missed opportunities, right? There were at mm-hmm. least a couple times where she talked about maybe making a pretty big swing and, and never went around on it. Um, who knows how her game shakes out differently if, if she does those things, but it definitely would have um, put her, given her more points on the resume, right? Um, which, again, may or may not have been useful to her. I, I think this is a pretty classic example of what we were talking about earlier about the philosophies of playing mm-hmm. where Sunday's philosophy of the game was loyalty. Like you're loyal to the people that you're supposed to be loyal to. Yeah. And then, and that's it. That's the end of your game. Um, Cause I, I really, she had the opportunity to make some really big moves. She just would have had to make those moves without her alliance mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's a fair like you know do i make this move without my alliance and kind of go in it alone now or do i stick with the people that i trust and she chose trust which is a fair decision so yeah and i think it's talked about this episode right she's not like considered just a total goat in the sense of somebody who's not going to win votes not in the sense of being the greatest of all time right uh, yeah like people say like man she could like get some votes on the jury um probably for the same reasons we talked about with jay last episode where he yeah like she has connections on the jury she's well liked um even if she doesn't have the biggest survivor resume that's like somebody dangerous to take to the end yeah i mean she doesn't have any like real blind sides on her resume either she's like i played this game honestly and yeah She, she has that moral high ground she can stand on as yeah. a social player. But also she was with it enough to be in it to the final. So, True. yeah. Also worth mentioning IRL in real life. Um, as far as I know, I could probably do a quick search to verify this is still the case. But um, at least as of recently, Sunday was undergoing cancer treatment. And so oh. all the best thoughts and vibes... And well wishes for her in real life right now. There's, yeah, this cool thing recently where everybody from this, um, there was, I think it, it was Rob, right? Rob Sesternino from Amazon, who has the podcast, was doing uh, like a, a call with her, like a Zoom call. And then like one at a time, literally every single person from the cast of Millennials vs. Gen X like jumped on the call Aww. and like surprised her. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, all the... Best wishes and hope that everything is, um, you know, proceeding well for her in that yeah. in real life, too. So this episode, um, 
Sunday is the one who takes the fall, um, but there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk through um, even beyond that. So, yeah, what was the biggest moments for you in this episode? Scott, is there anything that jumps to mind for you? Um, I mean, the the Jay Adam hammock experience. Mm-hmm. That's got to be like the big one, right? Yeah, I th- it, it um, was for me at least. We like talked about this off off the call, but like, man, this is really like moving storytelling, you know. And it's not you know just storytelling; it's like real life for these people. But yeah, so like, um. Like for me when I watch like I don't like for the people listening that don't know, like I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> like generally speaking, like I very rarely like cry. But like seeing this, like I did get like really emotional watching that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just really good storytelling on their part. Obviously they're both dealing with loved ones who are having issues and mm-hmm. um hope like I don't really I don't know how that turned out for either one. I know it's been a few years since this um, season has aired but mm-hmm. it just was really touching in that moment like that they're both like willing to put like the game almost got put on the back burner for like you know however long the scene was like a minute or two and you just like forget that you're watching survivor almost yeah <clears throat> so it's a big scene for me yeah yeah i i really love this too i remember like watching this the first time and yeah like being pretty emotional too and even rewatching it's like man just such a like a moving scene right like i think what is so good about it is like the payoff of Jay and Adam's relationship, right? That we've, it's been well set up through this whole season, right? Where you've got them at odds with each other as like rivals. And it kind of comes again, like to a head here where it's this, yeah, the like, like mutual respect, like the, un, the seeing of one another and like their struggles. Right. And it's like, I don't know. They're just, really like moving stuff right where these two people who were uh again at odds with each other can like come together on these like deeper things that they both are experiencing i think the way that i don't know like jay's confessional following it is such like a i don't know such a good like end cap to it right where he's like I used to think like Adam was a weasel, but like, no, that dude's a warrior, right? Like that's a good dude. It's like, I was gonna say like that, that was the part, like that was the part that really got me. It was that like, they just understood each other in that moment. Like the frustration that they have competing with each other is so like, they just don't understand each other. And now they do. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, that was such a great moment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about as good I think as like survivor off island like storytelling gets, I think. Like they do such a good job of presenting these two people's stories in a way that's like honoring and careful, right? And not mm. exploitive, but in a way that's also like moving, you know? Um I hope that they would both say that. Um I think that they would, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. yeah anything else um, from this back half of the episode that's worth um, jumping into here at the top? 
I really besides that, I really like the challenge. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one too. It's a, I think a cool design. Oh. The so for our, our listeners at home who don't remember it or have yet to see it, um, it's there's a like a pinball or like a ping pong ball size ball that's dropping through. I guess what's technically a planko board. Effectively, um, yeah. Uh, so that's falling through, and while that's falling, uh, they're putting together a a 3D puzzle that says Gen X versus Millennials. Uh, and if they don't catch the ball when it gets to the bottom, then they have to wait for it to go through this really slow drop into the absolute bottom of the thing, and then they can put the ball back into play. So they're looking away from it and trying to figure out how to solve a puzzle while also making sure to check back on this ball that's falling because it's going to slow them down and they're not allowed to work on it. So mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, it was a good, like, like it's not only you have to be good at puzzles or like, you, you don't even necessarily have to be good at puzzles, but uh, you, you have to make sure that you're remembering everything you need to do. It's a good, like late survivor, mm-hmm. you know, you've been without food for a while. How, how are you mentally holding up type game? Yeah. Uh, I believe the first attempt from Ken didn't it, it was Mialins versus Gen X. <laughs> was yeah, yeah, he spelled it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was real bad. <laughs> He's like, uh, Jeff. Apparently, after not eating for forty days, you can't spell very good. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to talk about what Adam chose to do at this challenge, where he you know, like very overtly starts helping Ken, um, which, you know, is great if you're Ken, but theoretically like bad if you're anyone else. Um, I wanted to get your takes on Adam doing this of outwardly helping somebody else win the challenge. If you thought that that was a good decision or worth it, um, yeah, Emily, did you have any reaction to that? Um, I thought it was interesting because it was another jab at Jay. Because hmm. Jay was like, are you freaking kidding me right yeah. now? Um, I'm trying to remember, I mean, I'm trying to think about like the calculus of that. Because was it really between just Jay and... And Ken, like, honestly, of who was going to win? I think it was between David and Ken. And he was trying to keep David from winning. Okay. Okay. Well, that feels a little more like... Yeah, I think... It didn't work out for him, but... Yeah, I'm trying to, like, recall this. I do think that that's at least what Adam tells Jay and maybe others, like, back at camp is the, like, yeah, I didn't want David to win, so I helped Ken win. There may have been a part mm-hmm. of that too that I don't like Adam Adam is clear that his goal in this tribal is to eliminate David and have Jay flush his idol. So in that sense he would also want Jay not to win, right? Right. Ken is the safest person aside from yourself to win idol at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess that's true. If that's what I was thinking. It's coming back to me now. Because Adam really didn't have a shot. Like at that point it was clear he will not win. So what can he do to help shape the outcome? 
but also knowing that like people are watching you do that so yeah that was kind of like the the main i think interesting dilemma with this right is that by helping ken win certain that is like a plus for him he would rather ken win than david or jay or someone else win but is it worth what it makes other people feel potentially right to like Uh maneuver things in that way right yeah it didn't seem like anybody else really had a problem with it, like, from the edit. Yeah. I think it, it like, depends on how on board with it other people are, obviously, but or, like, how tuned into this plan they are. Yeah. There's also, I guess, a question of, like, how on the chopping block was Ken? I know that Ken was kind of... I think he was on the chopping block last episode sort of yes yes because that's when he tested test will yeah yeah it was it was yeah yeah it was the tribal after he tested will so okay Mm -hmm. the last one the first half of the episode the first half of the episode was the tribal after he tested will so i guess i don't know if i don't remember if he was on the chopping block that i think he was he was for the will testing episode at least like a little bit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think, he was a yeah. decoy boot or something. So, but I mean, I don't I don't think he had really been on the chopping block last tribal. I don't think anyone was really looking at him this tribal either. So I think that it was kind of like, I think most people was just kind of like, yeah, that's a safe person to have it. Like, we weren't really going to go after him anyway. So. Yeah. You know, Jay is the only person who's sort of <clears throat> without a nation. Yeah. Right now, uh, like like Brett and Sunday, like they have each other. Uh, Ken, Hannah and David are all aligned. Adam is technically in that. But right. also we've seen that like he may not be. Mm-hmm. Jay is really an island um, in this right now. So he's the one who needs it the most in his eyes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can see why that makes him the most upset. But I'm sure everyone else was kind of like, well, they're not going after me. It's between Jay and David, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just find it's like, I think rare that somebody does this, right? Where, like, they so outwardly throw their hat in the ring of another competitor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you see, like, some, a little bit of, like, Jay is upset about it and, like, feels slided for it but yeah there's not a whole lot else to show of it at least to this point uh let's talk about this strategy talk after the challenge we'll walk through kind of the iterations that this takes because it is like fairly confusing but it's interesting i think the way that it shakes out and the ideas that um are thrown out so first off we said this already but adam wants to flush jay's idol and to vote out david is his like ultimate grand plan here but then Jay wants to split the vote on Jay. Sorry, Dave wants to split the vote on Jay and Brett, right? So Adam wants to flush Jay's idol and vote out David. David wants to split the votes between Jay and Brett so that either Jay goes home or Jay plays his idol and Brett goes home instead. And then Hannah is the one who wants to vote out Sunday because there's – this is like I think a really um, astute observation on her part 
she makes the point that there's incentive for other people to flip to keep her around because she is um, seen as somebody who may be um, like worth going to the end with or at least keeping later in the game. And so she thinks that her numbers will stay more solid if they eliminate Sunday right now. And so ultimately it is Sunday who gets voted out. Um, again, the two votes that don't land on her land on um, David, and they're from Brett and Jay. Sunday votes one vote for Jay, so you can assume that she is taking part in the uh, the failed David's plan of splitting the votes between Jay and Brett, and hers are on Jay. So anyway, I just wanted to, to line out these kind of like it's not often, I think, we're going into tribal. You're given three different plans, and you don't really know, like, which one's actually going to, cut, like, come true, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, what, what like, um, going into tribal, which, what did you think was going to happen, or, like, um, based on how things actually shook out, who do you think, like, deserves credit or played this round well scott have ye any thoughts i was kind of of the mindset that adam's plan would go come to fruition like jay plays his idol but then david goes home yeah um I was kind of confused that Sunday went home because I got the sense watching the episode that Hannah was the really the only one that wanted to get Sunday out. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong in saying that. She's definitely like the spearhead for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I got, and like at this point in the game, like I kind of got the sense that like I was watching the episode, the only person that benefits from Sunday really going home at this point is Hannah. Hmm. at least at, in some way like in my mind i thought like getting david out would be like the bigger move yeah and it would take another thread out so for that reason i thought that adam would win out and jay would play his idol so i was a little bit conf- i was kind of like confused when they're both still there yeah i'll be jay playing his idol yeah and the four that vote for sunday is that like four person block alliance trust cluster of Adam, David, Hannah, and Ken, right? So it, based on what we're told, you can infer that, like, the other three, like, gave way to Hannah's preference here, right? And that instead of continuing to fight... Well, I guess, like, David didn't necessarily give way because he didn't really have an alternative, but, like, she convinced Adam to not vote David in this round and instead to vote Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like she, there's like that quote from her that's like, the people that do really well in Survivor are the people who get a, everyone else to come onto their idea. Mm. Or I might, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. So it does seem like that is what happened. Yeah. That's a good point. This was like, I feel like I felt nothing about this tribal council. <laughs> like, and, and like just the tribal councils this season are so good 
that like in like you walk you come into it and it's like i have no idea what's gonna happen and then there's a big blind side or like yeah. you know someone doesn't play an idol and you're like oh ice in their veins this was like it genuinely just felt like sunday was a casualty of getting jay to play an idol mm. yeah and that's just it like i i have no feelings about it like because <laughs> adam wanted jay to play his idol that was that was his number one goal and he got that because if he wanted to, he could have gotten David out. Because David, Hannah, Ken, they're all voting for Sunday. You're not going to get Hannah or Ken to flip on David at this point. Mm-hmm. Brett, Sunday, Jay, they'll vote for David. So you got three people who will vote for David. You got three people who are locked in voting for Sunday, which means Adam is a swing vote here. He could eliminate David right here. He has that option. But what he chose to do instead was get rid of Jay's idol. Yeah. And that's all that really happened here. Yeah, that is a good point. I think that, yeah, that that maybe, like, was his primary goal here. And to that end, he, like, achieved it. Right. It wasn't a full, you know, realization of the plan. Yeah, there there was no way for him to execute flush the idol and get david out without hannah or ken yeah possibly both on his side and i just don't think that they're gonna flip on david at least not yet Mm -hmm. so it was just one of those things that like he basically had to choose like do i get rid of david or do i flush the idol and he chose to flush the idol which i think is a fair move i don't think it's a bad move by any means yeah, that's a really that's I hadn't thought about it that way of like lining those two things up in opposition, but that makes sense, right? Cuz you need Jay's vote to vote out David, which means that you're not going to lose Jay's idol if he's in on the plan, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean like there's a chance that I guess you could convince like and it just yeah, it doesn't make any sense cuz if you convince Jay that you have the numbers to get rid of David, then no one has the numbers scared of Jay. So why does Jay play the idol? Mm-hmm. You know, so unless he thinks that Adam's double talking him, there's no re- reason for him to play the idol. If Adam like has this plan in motion, get rid of David. It just like, yeah, he basically just had to choose. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> We're like to David's credit too, even though he kind of like takes a backseat in this episode, it's like he survives this chance. Like you said, where he could be eliminated on the strength of not his idol plays or his strategy, but like the relationships that he has with Hannah and Ken, who mm-hmm. are unwilling to flip on him at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, like David, David has such a strong alliance in the last one, two, three, four, five, six people in this game. He has such a strong alliance with two people in this game. Like mm-hmm. it's really hard to break up those three unless because i don't think ken's flipping i think hannah there's a chance that she breaks away from him because she realizes that she needs to to like win the game but like ken at least like they're a solid two yeah yeah his like loyalty to him has been an important part of like his story from the beginning of this season hmm 
All right. Anything else from this episode? I'm gonna we're gonna do our fantasy survivor here in a moment, and then we're going to take some time to really set the table for the finale that we will be entering after this episode. But anything explicitly from this episode we should get to before fantasy survivor? I don't think so. No. Your silence is indicative of there being nothing. <laughs> All right, so we had two tribal councils this episode, which means more points, perhaps, than usual. Um, I broke them out in our sheet here into two different columns because it's confusing. And so Emily and the Avocado No Toast... That was a weird way to say toast. (laughs) The Avocado No Toast tribe lose two members this time. Um, But... And Adam briefly in the first half of this episode, uh, loses sole uh, proprietorship, I suppose, of the lead, (laughs) uh, yielding to a tie, but then after the second half in the second tribal council, regains the lead once again. So the full breakdown of what happens here in the first half, uh, Scott's Motor Morons tribe gets 20 points, as does Adam's Apple Squares tribe, but Emily's Avocado No Toast tribe gains 35 on the strength of her extra member and a strong showing from Jay. And then in the second half, the extra points go to Scott's Motor Morons tribe, picking up 30 points. Adam's Apple Squares again picks up 20 points from Adam and David, and this time the Avocado No Toast tribe picks up only 10 as both Jay and Brett vote incorrectly in the second tribal council. And so now, the grand totals where things stand going into our finale episode is the Motor Morons tribe is in third place with 540 points. In second place with 645 points is the Avocado Notos tribe. And leading again by a mere 10 points is Adam's Apple Squares. Um, in just a moment, we'll get into the state of the remaining players, and tied into that can be the state of our fantasy situation. But before then, let's go ahead and uh, deal out our our participation trophies. Um, let, you know, last episode we decided that going forward in the next season of Outwatch, uh, we would give an MVP and a participation trophy to you know the most valuable player and somebody else who showed up. Um, but we're, we're too late in the game to make that change now. So we're just going to continue to make a participation trophy, the, the winner of this week's episode. So, um, Adam, would you care to, uh, divvy out your participation trophy for this episode? Um, man, it's hard. It's hard. Cause there are two episodes in here effectively. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to give it to Adam. Adam picks up participation trophy number six. And why is that? I Adam really like he's he's working so hard right now to angle himself for like final stretch of this game. Mm -hmm. But he's not pulling a will and like I'm in control. Like I think Adam sees the precariousness of precariousness of his position. But he's also like 
working really hard to make sure that he has options. So in this episode, I feel like making up with Jay, talking to Hannah, but not pushing it. Uh, when Hannah decides to make a decision of who should go home, um, really spearheading, getting rid of Will with like Brett. I, yeah, I just I think Adam had a good episode, even if it was kind of subtle. Yeah. Or didn't amount to anything big, I guess, more accurately. Sure. There was nothing subtle about Adam's approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emily, who gets your participation trophy this time? I don't want to be a follower, but I was thinking Adam, too. Fair enough. Just because I don't know if anyone else made as big of moves, like as memorable of moves. I think Adam is really hustling there, mm-hmm. and he did some bold things to try and stay in the game, and they worked out for him. Fair enough. Scott? This is going to be a really boring... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give mine to Adam too. Give it. That's fine. Give it to Adam. Yeah, because I thought he had the. I thought he had the best episode too. Yeah, made a lot of good moves, and he. He definitely felt like his like finger, like that, like he had his hand in like everything that happened this episode. So yeah, I was gonna say if if we think about his like the final tribals, like he wanted to flush the idol and get rid of David, and then in the first idol he wanted to get rid of Will. He accomplished two of the three things he set out to do this episode. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of under the radar too. Yeah, like yeah. it's like we see it, but like it's like on the show. Like I don't get the sense that it's like everybody realizes it's him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll I'll mix things up here and I'll award my participation trophy to Hannah. Um, mm. Hannah votes correctly both times. I think it's a good move for her here in the second half of the episode to kind of force her will um, and move the vote in the direction that she wants it to give herself, yeah, more agency here and also to continue to make it known that she's here to play. Um, yeah, it from what we're told, she's the reason that Sunday goes home, and so she makes that happen and convinces other people to go along with it, so... Uh, I'll award mine to Hannah. Like that pick? Yeah. Okay, so we are now on the precipice of the conclusion of this season. Uh, The next bit of Survivor we will watch, it's more than a bit because it's a big long finale episode, but it is the finale, which means that in our next episode we will crown not only a winner of Fantasy Survivor, but a winner of Real Survivor too. Um, We've said this a few times, but I think one of the reasons this season is so interesting is that pretty much everybody in the game, you can make at least a semi-convincing case for why they should or could win. Um, And so I'd love for us to round out this episode heading in to the finale by doing just that, um, where each of you will make a case for the remaining members of your tribes, which just so happened to work out nicely where it's two apiece. Everybody's got two tribe members left. Um, Scott, just because you're at the top, would you care to give us, you know, the brief encapsulation of Ken's game to this point and why he could emerge victorious at the end of this? Ken has, he's been aligned with David kind of from very early in the game. 
Um, and he's kind of been with the majority for quite some time now. Um, he's a very, so he's, I feel like he votes correctly much of the time. He's won an immunity at least once. Does he, has he won twice? Um, didn't he like Zen out? I should, Zen I should Ken. make I this. I feel like that was a thing that we made a joke about. Maybe I, I should make he... this uh, sheet more robust and include not only, you know, the points they've won, but how they won them. Yeah, um, I know that he's won at least one immunity, though. So, like, he's a strong player. So, I mean, if he makes it to the final two, I feel like he'd at least have a case. Sure. So. Um. We'll make you not have to go twice in a row, Scott. Um, Adam, <laughs> could you give us the story of your namesake Adam's game to this point and why you think he could come away victorious? So the thing about Adam is he plays the game hard. And once he settles in, I, I, and once people feel like they can actually trust him, he can really do some serious maneuvering, which isn't something that I think he understood at the beginning of the game. He thought that he could just maneuver and maneuver and maneuver. But once he built up trust, I think we really saw, especially in this episode, we talked about it, a lot of him kind of figuring out, okay, what is the best, what, what things do I need to accomplish in this next tribal and trying to find ways to get those done without imposing his will on others. Um, I mean, he's had his hand in a lot of major moves, but he was also playing from behind at the beginning of this game. Like he, from like first tribal, he was playing from behind. Um, so I, I, I think that I think that's his his argument is you know he came into this game as the underdog. He played the game from the underdog position and still managed to direct the vote and you know maneuver. I play one idol. He have two. No, he only had one. Play one idol correctly <laughs> and totally steal Will's thunder. Yeah. Adam of the survivor we've watched to this point, I think is really unique in that he's had such high profile like highs and lows that are yeah. very like out in front in the edit, right? He's his highs are highs and his lows are lows, and we are we and we see both of them. Um, yeah, he's got a, a messy game, but yeah, there's peaks and valleys, so he's interesting. Uh, Emily, make us a case for Jay Starrett, would you? Uh, listen, I think that we've talked a lot about jay's potential to win this game based on the circumstances and his alliances or lack thereof um i'm actually really jazzed about jay and i kind of hope that he wins because of everything that's fallen into place for him i think he's just been like we said someone who was like oh well he's a threat like we we want to get rid of him but also like whatever he's not you know top of the list right now and then he's been able to and i he's been able to like obviously get this far in the game, um, play a pretty strategic game amid all of that craziness. I think he's like, you've seen him grow too. Like I think when he was with Taylor in that alliance, yeah. it was almost like bully bros, but now he's like 
<laughs> you see him different sides of him and him just having to like trust in what's happening in the game and I don't know I think even the the mention of him constantly voting wrong yeah could be really beneficial because he's like I didn't vote against anyone you know so. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm super excited I really have high hopes for him yeah Jay just be like I don't know I just like <laughs> voted for David like four times in a row I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> he actually voted for Hannah three times in a row and then David twice in a row yeah, the one time that Jay voted correctly post-merge was uh, when he voted for Taylor. And he's <laughs> he's whiffed every other time. And that was, that was just to keep the numbers off him. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. And it couldn't have been more clear that it was either him or Jay. But to his credit, Taylor did vote for Adam instead of Jay. So. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, Scott, back to you. Let's talk about Hannah. Okay, Hannah has quietly, like, been like I said, kind of like with similar to Kim, but she's kind of been in the background of every big move that's been made, mm-hmm. especially from like David and Adam. I feel like she is kind of like their like strategy person, hmm. where like they see like, okay, we want to do this, but she says, okay, here's how we're gonna make it happen. Like, I feel like she definitely knows what's going on. Um, I don't know that she's won that many challenges, and that's okay. But, like, social game-wise, I feel like she's as strong as anyone. Um, Again, she makes it to the final two by chance, which I kind of hope she does. Um, She's definitely got a case to make, like, to, like, hey, I was right there along with these guys making Mm -hmm. all these moves. However, the only downside with her is... She's not been the person who can say, like, I voted so-and-so out. Right. So because of that, she's a little bit limited. Yeah. But that said, she's been, like, my favorite player this whole season. So I know. I'm hoping she wins. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's great. She's a ton of fun to watch. And I, I think this is a common theme in this season, too, is there's a lot of, like, evolution. Like, it's very overt for David. He, like, talks about it explicitly. But... Emily, you talked about it with Jay and the way we've seen him evolve. I think that's true for Hannah, too, where it starts with, you know, her freaking out about seeing Jeff Probst and, like, literally having a panic attack to this, like, really (laughs) cool, you know, like, calm, collected, behind-the-scenes organizer of things, right? Like, there's a a big evolution there, too. Uh, speaking of David, Adam, David is the second and final member of your tribe. Um, why don't you give us your case for him? So David started out as the person most likely to not make it to the merge. Um, and whatever happened along the way, him figuring out how to play the game, him coming to terms with everything, uh, he became the person who was most in control of the game. Uh, competing with Zeke for it. Uh, He has, I mean, he was the head of like an alliance that is, I think, the most loyal alliance that we've seen. Even Zeke's alliance was, I mean, that kind of blew apart because Hannah was was loyal to David. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the people that Zeke was depending on ultimately chose David in that. so David has hand in getting rid of, I mean, he was a part of so many blindsides. He has what I believe is the best idol play 
really early on where he saved Jessica. Um, he played an idol the second time and didn't do anything, but that first one more than makes up for it. Uh, I David is one of those players who has like overcome so much, mm-hmm. but also played such a great survivor game that it's not like, you know, his, his story is just like, look, no one thought I'd make it here. It's no one thought I'd make it here. And also like I voted most of you out. Yeah. So I, I, he has such an interesting story that he can tell the jury that I, I think if he makes it, it will be very hard not to vote for him. Yeah. Yeah. David's been pegged like a big threat now for the last number of episodes. Right. And has mm-hmm. dodged a few bullets. So, um, yeah, that target will likely continue and it'll be, I think, compelling to see how he continues to dodge bullets or if one finally hits him. <laughs> hmm. uh, Emily, why don't you round things out with making a case for our friend Brett. Brett LaBelle. Uh, yes. Um, I'm more excited about Jay. There's chances, <laughs> but Brett's social game is awesome though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know. So that's the thing is like, I don't know if Brett can point to like, here are the big moves that I've made, but I think that like Adam said, we've really seen him just be a very genuine player. And you know, he's been very loyal. He's been very supportive of people. I don't think anyone is, I don't know if he's like ever gotten in a, an argument with anyone like that we've seen. Um, so that could be, I mean, that could be the thing. Like we, we were talking about, it doesn't always have to be a big player who wins survivor. And for Brad, it could be, you know, I was very consistent and I was very loyal and I was very genuine. And I think that could be enough for him. We'll see. All right. So before we finally conclude, uh, the last order of business, of course, is the fantasy survivor. We've given the update. Um, how about a quick prognostication on where things may end up? Scott, I you know hate to say it, but short of a clean sweep in the final vote from one of your players, it's looking tough. <laughs> it is. It is. Looking tough. Got over a hundred points to make up at this point. Um, it's not looking good, Alex. But let's see if if it's a f- <laughs> how many people would be on the jury here if we've got a final if we've got a final three we've got a um, one two three four five six seven eight nine person jury so <laughs> ten person jury actually so even then would not be enough so yeah you're gonna well need- but then. <laughs> If, if both people make it and, like, Kent or Hannah win immunity from here on True. out, there's a shot. There's, so you're there's saying there's a chance. It's a pretty low percentage shot, but there's a shot. There's a shot. There's a basically, shot. Basically, at this point, I'm just going to be having a good time at our um, live finale recording. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that I'm probably not going to win, and that's okay. And that, that being said, then... I don't know. There's a chance if the winner is Ken or Hannah that Scott wins, right? But if the winner is Adam, David, Jay, or Brett, then almost certainly whoever has the winner is going to win, right? 
So that being said, Adam, Emily, how confident are you that you have the winner on your tribe as, as a, not a surefire way to win, but, um, a really good assurance that you come out on top. Um, um, I don't know. I think any of these people could win. Here, yeah, I, I think anybody can. I think here's the thing. Of the four people that are left, David has the biggest target on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jay probably has the second biggest target, but like David is definitely the biggest target here. So like I feel like of the four people, the person most likely to not be in the final is David. If you lose Jay, though... And that leaves me with Adam. If Adam can make it to the final, I feel like I got a shot. But if you lose Jay, you're stuck with Brett trying to articulate why he should win. And I think he has a good reason why he should win, but I don't know that he can articulate it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I stand. I feel very confident because Adam somehow has managed to fly under the radar for this episode. And Jay seems to have a bigger target than Adam does. That's where I stand. I feel pretty good. Emily? I think I got this. What about you? Um, did you give like a percentage? I got really mixed up in your words. I didn't give percentages. Okay. I but... just want to be sure. Um, I don't know. I got a good feeling about Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could he could be on the the, the what do we say? It's not a gravy train. He's not on the gravy train. I'm not sure what you mean. He, he's on his way to success. He's on Survivor rail. success. <laughs> I wanted like a cute little yeah. I think metaphor, but I can't think of anything. I think if Jay makes it to the finals, it's going to be hard to beat Jay. I'm basically... Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. That's where I stand too. I, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that Jay gets eliminated because he has a target on him. But if Jay makes it to the final, I don't know. Wow. So much uh, flakiness here. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting final. Well, it's it's almost like there are six people left in this game and we need to eliminate three of them. And we have no idea how that's going to go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of things can change for sure. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. That'll do it. For this episode, um, we have one more to go in this season of Outwatch, and our live finale is often one of the most exciting episodes of the season where we take in the episode live um, and react in the commercial break so you get our more raw, unfiltered takes. Uh, Make sure that you are subscribed or following this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Side note, I recently switched my podcast intake from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, and so far I'm really happy with the results. Um, So, I don't know, maybe give it a try on Spotify. It's a real nice interface. Don't have to switch between apps, between music and podcasts. Anyway, not sponsored by Spotify, but it's a good good, um, UI there. But if well, you want to sponsor us, wanted to. yeah, <laughs> it could be an ad at Spotify. 
Uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel under Megabed Media where you can find these podcasts as well as our other podcasts on the Megabed Media Network, including Dungeon Arcade. Um, and uh, what else? You can email us, outwatchpodcast at gmail.com with the answers to our opening questions and with any feedback on the show as well. We would love to hear it. Next time on Outwatch, we will be concluding the season of Millennials versus Gen X. So sad to see it come to an end with our live finale titled, I'm Going for a Million Bucks. We will see you then. Have a good one, folks.